Hey, everybody. Good to be with you, those of you who are here in the room. Good to be with those of you who are with us online today. Heather, good to be with you. You too. Thanks. Uh, as you heard, we're wrapping up this series we've been in for the last four weeks. We're calling Own It. And when uh, that common vernacular idea, own it, means take responsibility for something uh, in your life. And so we're saying when it comes to our faith in Jesus, we need to own it. We need to take responsibility for it. We need to grow in this faith and share it. But you can't share what you don't own. And so we're, that's what we're kind of focusing on uh, in this series is how we're growing in our faith so that we can own it, so that we can share it. When it comes to sharing our faith, there's a couple of things that I want to highlight that we've been uh, trying to communicate in this series. One of those things is that when it comes to faith sharing, you're not a salesperson. We're not trying to sell people Jesus, sell them our faith. We're not trying to close deals and get bonuses and all of that kind of thing. We're farmers. We're planting seeds, we're sharing seeds, both through the words that we speak and through the lives that we live. So we're sharing our faith in that way. The other thing I wanna say about sharing your faith is that the way that you share your faith should be consistent with who you are, with your unique personality and style and so forth. That it, it's like anything else that you would be sharing with friends and family members and so forth, the way that we share our faith. You know, uh, one of my dear friends, uh, another pastor, um, about 15 years older than me, uh, we would get together uh, pretty regularly for lunch. His name is Larry, and um, Larry liked to go to just one or two restaurants anytime we'd go to lunch. And the reason he liked that was because he wanted to get to know the staff there. He was the consummate extrovert, and uh, so we would go to one of these two restaurants for lunch. Larry would walk in. He was the mayor. Like, he knew everybody, they all knew him, and we'd sit down and the waitress would come over and he'd be asking about her mom and her boyfriend and this, that, and the next thing. He'd be talking to the people around us. And in just natural kinds of ways, he would work in uh, some stuff about faith. So if the waitress was talking about her mom not doing so well, he would say, you know, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. I want you to know that I'm going to be praying for your mom this week. What's her name? Agnes. Okay, well, I'm going to be praying for Agnes. Please tell her that, that Larry is praying for her, and I'll check next time I'm in and so forth. And he would just kind of naturally share in that kind of way uh, his faith. So, you know, we all have our style. What's yours, Heather? I think for me, it's more of um, kind of what they call lifestyle evangelism. So yeah. I just try to live my faith out in my everyday life. And when that happens, it kind of naturally looks a little bit different than the rest of the world. Like like Larry, like you care enough to ask and to dig in a little bit into someone's life and, and things like that. And often it's, it's really just being ready to give an account, to answer why I made a decision or asked a question or, or did something a certain way and to be able to point back to Jesus. And you know, when we're living our faith out, it's attractive and people are kind of naturally drawn to it. Yeah, yeah, so you're not selling anything, you're just sharing life. So today, as we close out the series, we wanna talk about 
some attributes of a growing faith, actually six attributes of a growing faith. These come from uh, the letter to the Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Uh, In that chapter, Paul talks about these attributes and he likens them to a suit of armor that a first century Roman warrior would wear. And so he's talking about these physical uh, or these spiritual attributes and likening, likening them to armor. So the first one is the belt of truth. He talks about the belt of truth. Now the belt on the armor is that thing that holds the upper and lower parts of the armor together in one place um, in the, uh, on the soldier. So it's what holds everything together. The truth is what holds everything together. And I think there's two aspects to this idea of the truth. The first is the truth that we receive about God in the scriptures. So the scriptures tell us things that are true always and for everyone. These fundamental truths, things that are true for everyone always, everywhere. So, for example, the Bible tells us that all have sinned. Everyone, every human being has missed the mark, that none of us live a life up to God's standard of perfection or holiness, that we all have sinned. All of us, the Bible tells us, are in need of salvation. All of us need to be rescued from this spiritual condition called sin. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the truth. In fact, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. So when you see Jesus, when you read about him in the Gospels and you see the things he says or the things that he does, you are looking at that which is true. The second part, I think, of this truth is, this idea of truth, is our own truth those things that are true about you. So the things that, the insights that you have, the strengths that you have, the giftedness that you have, all of these uh, things from God that are true of you, all right? And so what we're looking for with truth is integrity, that the truth that we see in Scripture and the truth in our lives are integrated, right? There's an integrity there, that the things that are supposed to be true of us as human beings are true of us in our lives. That's integrity. But we all fall short, right? So when what you believe and what you say are disconnected from what you do, how you live, we call that hypocrisy, right? And every believer I know falls short in these areas, right? Nobody I know is living a perfectly integrated faith where the things that were supposed to be true about us are true about us in every area. So these areas that we fall short, um, that we all have, they may be things like, you know, maybe you have a short temper. Maybe you're a jealous kind of person. Maybe you're greedy in, in your life. Maybe. Uh, there's, <clears throat> there's lust in your life, whatever it might be that causes us uh, to fall short um, or those places of inconsistency. And that's our work area. 
right? So that we are growing into the truth that there's an increasing integrity within our lives. And one of the ways that we do that is through transparency, that we're sharing the areas of struggle in our lives, those areas where we know we're falling short, we're sharing that with other believers uh, who care about us, who will support us and come alongside us. And so I've watched this happen countless times in the lives of believers where they kind of admit, you know, here's an area I'm struggling with and uh, another person comes alongside and uh, they share that maybe in a small group setting. Um, you've seen this kind of happen. Oh, right? absolutely. And, and the blessings that come out of that are tremendous. Yeah. You know, when I, um, when I first started here, gosh, almost 17 years ago, we uh, had a growing family ministry area and we had a lot of young families with young children, with young preschoolers. And we found ourselves kind of gravitating toward each other and we would spend time together and, and hang out together. And, you know, in the beginning, there was this, um, you know, everybody came, their kiddos were all coordinated in their outfits and mm. someone would bring like a brand new souffle that they'd just tried out and, and uh, maybe they'd share their favorite new recipe and, um, and it was lovely and we were getting to know each other but, but the reality was there, there was one, one week where things started to change and there was this sweet mom who just came in with her two kids in tow, both screaming hysterically, both still in PJs, wearing far more breakfast than they had clearly eaten. <laughs> and um, she just kind of walked in and was like, go. And then sat and just cried. And she talked about how she felt like a failure as a mom. She talked about how she almost didn't come that day because she just couldn't get out the door and she couldn't get her stuff together and she was a mess and her kids were a mess. And, and as she just shared and cried, we all sat with her and cried with her <laughs> because every one of us knew exactly how she felt. Mm. Every one of us knew exactly what that was like. And that morning started a change. We no longer came with co coordinated children. We came as we were, into each other's homes with piles of laundry on the couch waiting to be folded, with dishes overflowing in the sinks, with kids still in their PJs, to spend time together and to be there for each other mm. and it was this groups of this group of moms is where our mops our mothers of preschooler program emerged from it's it's because of this group of moms that the preschool here at tomorrow's hope opened there are literally hundreds of mothers and families who have been blessed because one mom was vulnerable yeah. and lived her truth it's powerful stuff it I, again i've seen it so many different uh, times playing out in, uh, and it's hard to do, you know, because we all want people to perceive us um, as having it all together and so forth, but we all know that that's not true. <laughs> right? So the second growth attribute that Paul describes in Ephesians 6 is what he called the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Well, that word righteousness really is just about rightness living our lives in the right way, in a God-honoring way, in our relationship to God and in our relationship with others, that we are um, doing the right thing in those relationships. One of the things I always feel compelled to say is there's a difference between righteousness and self-righteousness, right? So 
one of the things, one of the traps, I think, that we as believers can fall into as our faith is maturing and we're growing in faith is that we can begin to get a little prideful. And we start thinking, well, it's all about us. And we start thinking that somehow we're better than others. And we begin to judge and condemn um, and all of those kinds of negative things towards other people. And so our righteousness in Christ becomes a self-righteousness, and then we begin to miss the mark all over again, right? So I love the fact that Paul calls it the breastplate because the breastplate on a soldier is there to protect his heart from the swords and arrows and spears of the enemy, right? To protect that vital organ, the heart. And so this breastplate of righteousness is to protect our heart. So you might be doing all of the right things, right? So you're living right before other people. Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Do all you can to live at peace with everyone. Do all you can to live at peace with everyone. So you're living a righteous life. What you may get back is negativity from people in your life. People may, they don't care if you're doing it the right way, if you're acting kindly and uh, not holding uh, grudges against people and being quick to forgive. And, and you may be doing all of that and what you're getting back from some people in your life might be uh, negativity and rejection and so forth. But that breastplate of righteousness, by doing the right thing, it's protecting your heart. See, when we lose that, our hearts can become hard. And so by having this breastplate, this right living going on, we are protecting ourselves, our heart, uh, from all of that negativity. The third attribute then of a growing faith um, is the sandals or the boots or the shoes, different translations uh, use different words, but uh, the thing on your feet, those boots on your feet, and the gospel of peace, put on the sandals of the gospel of peace. So, footwear. It's that which allows us to move. When you're in a battle, you're not standing still. You need to be able to move, and so we need protection on our feet so that we can move easily and uh, and nimbly and so forth. And I think this attribute is about our ability to serve, that we are to be moving out into the world with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're called to serve. So no matter what part of your life it is that you're in at any given time, you are called to bring the gospel with you. So whether it's in your family life or it's in your community life, we are called to serve. And so the question I would ask is, how does that look in your life right now? How are you serving others and how are you bringing your faith into those various relationships? Again, it might be in your home, might be a community thing that you're serving in, might be in your workplace might be here at Hope Church. You know, all of the great things that happen in this community of faith called Hope happen 
because people give of their time and their talents, volunteer, to serve others. And we have this effective ministry to children, to youth, our students, to uh, people in the community in need of food and so forth, all kinds of ways that we are serving both internally and externally, but it's because people have strapped on their boots, right, have moved out into the world and are bringing the gospel of peace. Yeah, and that, that next attribute that, um, that we hear about is the shield of faith. Mm. And they talk about taking up the shield of faith that you can extinguish all the arrows that are coming at you, right? And so, look, none of us are strangers to the fact that the world is hard, that we are living in hard times. You don't have to turn on the news to see that people are suffering. Yeah. It is not easy but we are called to take up the shield of faith and to recognize that despite what is going around on in this world, mm-hmm. that we need to look at things through the lens of faith, that we need to know that despite the hardships, we have the God of all creation on our side. Yeah, and it's interesting. He also talks about these flaming arrows coming from the evil one or from the devil, and so. Absolutely, yeah, and that isn't something that we necessarily hear about too much, which probably makes the enemy very happy um, because we're not thinking about it. But the reality is that the enemy is real and that he fights dirty. So look, the enemy targets our wounds. Every single one of us, we come in to this place wounded. We have core lies that we believe for whatever reason. And um, sometimes we don't even know what those lies are. They are so ingrained and a part of our self-awareness that we, we aren't even conscious of what's going on. But I promise you, the enemy knows exactly what they are and he is going to target them because when we are hit where we are wounded we are acting out of emotion we are acting out of pain and we are almost never acting the way god would choose for us to react and so it is important whether our whether our um whether that core lie that we're holding on to is something like you know, I don't matter, or I'm not good enough, or I am unlovable, what, what, whatever that is, the enemy is gonna go for it. So, so you may suddenly hold on to, um, you may hold on to that truth that, gosh, I am just not worthy of love. And consequently, if you have a friend with callous words at some point in time, or even someone who just cancels a, a, a get-together you had scheduled, that goes right for your wound. And suddenly that is a larger issue, right? Suddenly that hits us harder than maybe it should. Mm. And it can spur reactions that aren't what we need to carry or what God calls for us. So he calls us instead to keep up that shield of faith that we can block those arrows that the enemy throws at us, that we are not impacted and wounded the way that we might be if we weren't looking at things through the lens of faith. And the reality is this feeds right into the next, true attri- the next two attributes. We're told to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
this battle, this war that we are in the midst of, it is waged primarily in the battlefield of our minds. You see, that, that helmet of salvation, that allows us to see God's truth, to be free from what our incorrect beliefs, what those arrows thrown at us may try to tell us. But to truly experience that freedom, we have to be willing to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us those things we are wrongly believing. We have to ask the Spirit, Lord, why am I so easily offended when this happens? Is it something that I am holding on to that I don't even know I'm holding on to? We can ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those truths and begin to replace them with God's truth. And the only way we can do that is if we know God's truth. And we find that in the scripture. That is our offensive weapon, our sword, what we go into battle with. It's the scripture, it's God's promises to us where he tells us that we are loved, that we are valued, that we are enough. And when we understand that, when we hold on to those truths, then we are able to look through that shield, to protect our minds, and to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling us so that we can respond in his love and in his will for us. Amen. So I'm going to invite the uh, band to come up uh, so they can get plugged in there. Um, <laughs> Really, you know, one of the ways that, one of the things I'd hope you'd take away from this series, I would put this way, that faith in Jesus Christ is not just something that we live in, it's a, it's something that we live out. It's not something, it's not just something we believe in, it's something that we live out. Faith isn't just a set of beliefs, a, and a set of ideas and so forth that, that we uh, give assent to. Yes, I believe that, I believe that, I believe that. It's not just something we believe in. It's something that we live out, that it's a part of who we are. It's, a, it's the most important part of who we are, and that as that faith is deepening and growing, it's having an impact on us, and it's becoming a blessing to those uh, around us. Because you see, we are not just in a relationship with, um, with other believers. We are literally in a relationship with a living God who walks with us, who hears us, and who wants the very best for us. So the band is gonna share a song with us uh, from Chris Tomlin, uh, and then we'll close out.